Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining me again for the next episode of my podcast. The dramatic reading of R.A. Salvatore's The Legend of Drizzt, Book One, Homeland. Uh, thank you for uh, staying in touch and listening. Um, for everybody that has been listening and commenting, thank you so much for all the comments. Um, I apologize, it's been a while, but I had gotten sick until a point to where I wouldn't have been able to do uh, many of the different voices that I do because my throat was uh, in a bad shape, so I apologize. But here we are, we're going to jump right into it. Uh, the Legend of Drizzt, Book One, Homeland. Continuing with chapter, what was it, 22. This is a quick refresher. The uh, Drizzt was on a uh, party, scouting party. And they were getting ready to uh, fight and attack some Swerf Neblin, the Deep Gnomes. They got in, one of the Deep Gnomes, Belwar Disengulp, had summoned a large earth elemental and used that to keep the drow busy so that his gnomes could escape. Driz just cried no because he saw Guinevar was going to be crushed by one of the falling elementals, by the elemental body slamming the cat into the stone. And here we go. The purple flames of fairy fire outlined the figures of the gnomes, showing the way for drow arrows and swords. The gnomes countered with magic of their own, illusionary tricks mostly. Down here, one drow soldier cried, only to slam face first into the stone over wall that had appeared as the entrance to a corridor. Even though the gnome magic managed to keep the dark elves somewhat confused, Belwar disengulped grew frightened. His elemental, the strongest magic and only hope, was taking too long with a single draw warrior far back in the main chamber. The burrow warden wanted the monster by his side when the main combat began. He ordered his forces into tight defensive formations, hoping that they could hold out. Then the draw warriors, detained no more by gnomish tricks, were upon them, and fury stole Belwar's fear. He lashed out with his heavy pickaxe, smiling grimly as he felt his mighty weapon bite into drow flesh. All magic was aside now. All formations and carefully laid battle plans dissolved into the wild frenzy of the brawl. Nothing mattered except to hit the enemy, to feel the pick, head, or blade sinking into flesh. Above all others, deep gnomes hated the drow, and in all the underdark there was nothing a dark elf enjoyed more than slicing a swift nebly into littler pieces. Drizzt rushed to the spot, but only the unbroken section of the floor remained. Massage, he gasped, looking for some answers from the ones schooled in such a strange magic. Before the wizard could answer, the floor erupted behind Drizzt. He spun weapons ready to face the towering elemental. Then Drizzt watched in helpless agony as the broken mist that was the great panther, his dearest companion, rolled off the elemental's shoulders and broke apart as it neared the floor. Drizzt 
ducked under another blow, though his eyes never left the dissipating dust and mist cloud. Was Guinevere no more? Was his only friend gone from him forever? A new light grew in Driz's lavender eyes, a primal rage that simmered throughout his body. He looked back to the elemental, unafraid. You are dead, he promised, and he walked in. The elemental seemed confused, though, of course, it could not understand Driz's words. It dropped a heavy arm straight down to squash its foolish opponent. Driz did not even raise his blaze of parry, knowing that every ounce of his strength could not possibly defect, deflect such a blow. Just as the falling arm was about to reach him, he dashed forward within its range. The quickness of his move surprised the elemental, and the ensuing flurry of swordplay took Massage's breath away. The wizard had never seen such grace in battle, such fluidity of motion. Driz climbed up and down the elemental's body, hacking and slashing, digging the points of his weapons home and flicking off pieces of the monster's stone skin. The elemental howled its avalanche howl and spun in circles, trying to catch up to Driz and squash him once and for all. Blind angle Anger brought new levels of expertise to the magnificent young swordsman, though, and the elemental caught nothing but air or its own stony body under its heavy slaps. Impossible, Massage muttered when he found his breath. Could the young Dwarden actually defeat an elemental? Massage scanned the rest of the area. Several drow and many gnomes lay dead or grievously wounded, but the main fight was moving even farther away as the gnomes found their tiny escape tunnels, and the drow, enraged beyond good sense, followed them. Guinevere was gone. Guinevere was gone. In this chamber, only Massage, the Elemental, and Drizzt remained as witnesses. The invisible wizard felt his mouth draw up in a smile. Now was the time to strike. Drizzt had the elemental lurching to one side, nearly beaten, when the bolt roared in. A blast of lightning that blinded the young drow and sent him flying into the chamber's back wall. Drizzt watched the twitch of his hands, the, the wild dance of his stark white hair before his unmoving eyes. He felt nothing, no pain, no reviving draw of air into his lungs, and heard nothing, as if his life force had been somehow suspended. The attack dispelled Massage's Duomer of Invisibility, and he came back into view, laughing wickedly. The elemental down in a broken, crumbled mass slowly slipped back into the security of the stone floor. "'Are you dead?' the wizard asked Drizzt, the voice breaking the hush of Drizzt's deafness and dramatic bonus booms. Drizzt could not answer, didn't really know the answer anyway. Too easy, he heard Massage say, and he suspected that the wizard was referring to him and not the elemental. Then Drizzt felt a tingling in his fingers and bones, and his lungs heaved suddenly, grabbing a volume of air. He gasped in rapid succession, then found control of his body and realized that he would survive. Massage glanced around for returning witnesses and saw none. Good. He muttered as he watched Drizzt regain his senses. The wizard was truly glad that Drizzt's death had not been so very painless. He thought of another spell that would make the moment more fun. A hand, a gigantic stone hand, reached out of the floor just then and grasped Massage's leg, pulling his feet right into the stone. The wizard's face twisted in a silent scream. Drizzt's enemy saved his life. 
Driz snatched up one of the scimitars from the ground and hacked at the elemental's arm. The weapon sliced in, and the monster, its head reappearing between Driz and Massage, howled in rage and pain and pulled the trapped wizard deeper into the stone. With both hands on the scimitar's hilt, Driz struck as hard as he could, splitting the elemental's head right in half. This time, the rubble did not sink back into its earthen plane. This time, the elemental was destroyed. Get me out of here, Massage demanded. Driz looked at him, hardly believing that Massage was still alive, for he was waist-deep in solid stone. How? Driz gasped. You... He couldn't even find words to express his amazement. Just get me out, the wizard cried. Drizzt fumbled about, not knowing where to begin. Elementals travel between planes, Massage explained, knowing that he had to calm Drizzt down if he ever wanted to get out of the floor. Massage knew, too, that the conversation would go a long way in deflecting Drizzt's obvious suspicious, suspicions that the lightning bolt had been aimed at him. The ground and earth elemental traverses becomes a gate between the earth plane and our plane, the material plane. The stone parted around me as the monster pulled me in, but it is quite uncomfortable. He twitched in pain as the stone tightened around one foot. The gate is closing fast. Then Gwyneth might be... Driss started to reason. He plucked the statuette right out of Massage's front pocket and carefully inspected it for any flaws in his perfect design. Give me that, Massage demanded, embarrassed and angry. Reluctantly, Drizzt handed the figurine over. Massage glanced at it quickly and dropped it back into the pocket. Is Gwyneth unharmed? Drizzt had to ask. It's not any of your concern, Massage snapped back. The wizard, too, was worried about the cat. But at this moment, Guinevar was the least of his troubles. The gate is closing, he said again. Go get the clerics! Before Driz could start off, a slab of stone on the wall behind him slid away, and the rock-hard fist of Belwar Disengolt slammed into the back of his head. Chapter 23 A Single Clean Blow The gnomes took him, Massage said to Dinan when the patrol leader returned to the cavern. The wizard lifted his arms over his head to give the high priestess and her assistants a better view of the predicament. Where? Dinan demanded. Why did they let you live? Massage shrugged. A secret door, he explained. Somewhere on the wall behind you. I suspect they would have taken me as well, except... Massage looked down at the floor, still holding him tightly up to the waist. The gnomes would have killed me, but for your arrival... You are fortunate, wizard, the high priestess said to Massage. I have memorized a spell this day that will release the stone's hold on you. She whispered some instructions to her assistants, and they took out water skins and pouches of clay, began tracing a ten-foot square on the floor around the trapped wizard. The high priestess moved over to the wall of the chamber and prepared for her prayers. Some have escaped, Dinan said to her. The high priestess understood. She whispered a quick detection spell and studied the wall. Right there, she said. Dinan and another male rushed over to the spot and soon found the most imperceptible outline of the secret door. As the high priestess began her cantation, one of her cleric assistants threw the end of a rope to Massage. Hold on, the assistant teased, and hold your breath. Wait, Massage began, but the stone floor all around him transformed into mud, and the wizard slipped under. Two clerics, laughing, pulled Massage out a moment later. Nice spell, 
the wizard remarked, spitting mud. It has its purposes, replied the high priestess, especially when we fight against the gnomes and their tricks with the stone. I carried it as a safeguard against earth elementals. She looked at the piece of rubble at her feet, unmistakably one eye in the nose of such a creature. I see that my spell was not needed for that manner. I destroyed that one, Massage lied. Indeed, the high priestess, unconvinced, said, she could tell by the cut of this rubble that the blade, that a blade had made the wound. She let the issue drop, and the scrape of sliding stone turned them all to the wall. Amaze, moaned the fighter beside Dinan when he peered into the tunnel. How will we find them? Dinan thought for a moment, then spun a massage. They have my brother, he said, an idea coming to mind. Where's your cat? About... Massage stalled, guessing Denon's plan and not really wanting to be rescued. Bring it to me, Denon ordered. The cat can smell drizzed. I cannot. I mean, Massage stuttered. Now, wizard, Denon demand commanded. Unless you wish me to tell the ruling council that some of the gnomes escaped because you refused to help. Massage tossed the figurine to the ground and called the Guanavar. Not really knowing what would happen next. Have the earth elemental really destroyed Guinevere? The mist appeared, in seconds transforming into the panther's corporeal body. Well, Dinan prompted, indicating the tunnel. Go find Driz, Massage commanded the cat. Guinevere sniffed around the area for a moment, then bounded off down the small tunnel, the drow patrol in silent pursuit. Where? Driz started when he finally began the long climb from the depths of unconsciousness. He understood that he was sitting, and knew, too, that his hands and were bound in front of him. A small but undeniably strong hand caught him in the back, by the back of the hair and pulled his head back roughly. "'Quiet!' Belwar whispered harshly, and Drizzt was surprised that the creature could speak his language. Belwar let go of Drizzt and turned to join others for Fnebly. From the chamber's low height and the gnomes' nervous movements, Driz realized that this group had taken flight. The gnomes began a quiet conversation in their own tongue, which Driz could not begin to understand. One of them asked the gnome who had ordered Driz to be quiet, apparently the leader, in a, he a heated question. Another grunt grunted his accord and spoke some harsh words, turning on Driz with a dangerous look in his eyes. The leader slapped the other gnome hard on the back and sent him off through one of the two low exits in the chambers, then put the others into defensive positions. He walked over to Driz. "'You come with us to Blingdenstone,' he said in hesitant words. "'Then?' Driz asked. Belwar shrugged. "'The king will decide. If you cause me no trouble, I'll tell him to let you go.' Driz laughed cynically. "'Well, then,' said Belwar. If the king says to kill you, I'll make sure it comes in a single clean blow. Again, Driz laughed. Do you believe that I believe? He asked. Torture me now and have your fun. That is your evil way. Belvoir started to slap him, but held his hand in check. Smurf Nebly, don't torture, he declared, louder than he should have. Drow elves torture. He turned away, but spun back, reiterating his promise. A single clean blow. Drizzt found that he believed the sincerity in the gnome's voice, and he had to accept that promise as a measure of mercy far greater than gnome would have received if Dinan's patrol had captured him. 
Belwar turned to walk away, but Drizzt, intrigued, had to learn more of the curious creature. How have you learned my language? he asked. Gnomes are not stupid, Belwar retorted, unsure of what Drizzt was leading to. No, I drow, Drizzt replied earnestly, but I have never heard the language of the Snufnebli spoken in my city. There once was a drow in Blingdenstone, Belwar explained, now nearly as curious about Drizzt as Drizzt was about him. Slave? Drizzt reasoned. Guest, Belwar snapped. Snufnebli keep no slaves. Again, Drizzt found that he could not refute the sincerity in Belwar's voice. What is your name? he asked. The gnome laughed at him. You think me stupid? Belwar asked. You desire my name that you might use as power in some dark magic against me. No, Drizzt protested. I should kill you now for thinking me stupid, Belwar growled, ominously lifting his pickaxe. Drift shifted uncomfortably, not knowing what the gnome would do next. My offer remains, Belwar said, lowering the pick. No trouble, and I tell the king to let you go. Belwar didn't believe that would happen any more than Drizzt. So the Swerf Neblin, with a helpless shrug, offered Driz the next best thing, or else a single clean blow. A commotion from one of the tunnels turned Belwar away. Belwar! called one of the other gnomes, rushing back to the st small chamber. The gnome leader turned a wary eye on Driz to see if the drow had caught the mention of his name. Driz wisely kept his head turned away, pretending not to listen. He had intended he indeed heard the name of the gnome leader who had shown him mercy. Belwar, the other Swerf Neblin had said, Belwar, a name that Drizzt would never forget. Fighting from down the passageway caught everyone's attention. Then and several Swerf Nebli scrambled back into the chamber. Drizzt knew from their excitement that the drow patrol was close behind. Belwar started barking at commands mostly organizing the retreat down the chamber's other tunnel. Driz wondered where he would fit into the gnome's thinking. Certainly Belwar couldn't hope to outrun the drop patrol dragging along a prisoner. Belwar started barking up commands, most of the retreat down the chamber's other tunnel. Drizzard wondered where he would fit into the gnome's thinking. Certainly Belwar couldn't hope to outrun the drop patrol dragging along a prisoner. Then the gnome leader suddenly stopped talking and stopped moving. Too suddenly. The drow clerics had led the way in their insidious, paralyzing spells. Belwar another, and another gnome were held fast by the Dwarmer and the rest of the gnomes, realizing this, broke into a wild scramble for the rear exit. The drow warriors, Guinevar leading the way, charged into the room. Any relief Driz might have felt at seeing his feline friend and harmed was buried under the ensuing slaughter. Dinan and his troops cut into the disorganized gnomes with typical drow savagery. In seconds... Horrible seconds that seemed like hours to Drizzt. Only Belwar and the other gnome caught in the clerical spell remained alive in the chamber. Several of the Swerf Nembly had managed to flee back down the back corridor, but most of the drow patrol was off in pursuit. Massage came to the chamber last, looking thoroughly wretched in his mud-covered clothing. He remained at the tunnel exit and did not even look in Drizzt's way, except to note that his panther was standing protectively beside the second boy of House Doerden. Again, you have found your measure of luck and more, Dinan said to Driz as he cut his brother's bonds. Looking around at the carnage in the chamber, Driz wasn't so sure. Dinan handed him back his scimitars, then turned to the drow standing watch over the two paralyzed gnomes. Finish them, Drin Dinan instructed. 
A wide smile spread over the other drow's face, and he pulled a jagged knife from his belt. He held it up in front of a gnome's face, teasing the helpless creature. Can they see it? he asked the high priestess. That is the fun of the spell, the high priestess replied. The Sverf Neblin understands what is about to happen. Even now he is struggling to break out of the hold. Prisoners, Drizzard blurted. Then and the others turned to him, the drow with the dagger wearing a scowl, both angry and disappointed. Faust Duden, Drizzard asked Dinan hopefully, we could benefit from... Svefnebli did not make good slaves, Dinan replied. No, agreed the high priestess, moving beside the dagger-wielding fighter. She nodded to the warrior, and his smile returned tenfold. He struck hard. Only Belwer remained. The warrior waved his blood-stained dagger ominously and moved in front of the gnome leader. Not that one, Driz protested, unable to bear any more. Let him live, Driz wanted to say that Belwar could do them no harm, and that killing the defenseless gnome would be a cowardly and vile act. Driz knew that appealing to his kin for mercy would be a waste of time. Dennis' expression was more a look of anger than curiosity this time. If you kill him, then no gnomes will remain to return to their city and tell of our strength. Drizzt reasoned, grasping at the one slim hope he could find. We should send him back to his people, send him back to tell them of their folly in entering the domain of the drow. Dinan looked back to the high priestess for advice. It seems proper reasoning, she said with a nod. Dinan was not so certain of his brother's motives. Not taking his eyes off Drizzt, he said to the warrior, Then cut off the gnome's hands. Driz didn't flinch, realizing that if he did, Dinan would surely slaughter Belwar. The warrior replaced a dagger on his belt and took out his heavy sword. Wait, said Dinan, still eyeing Driz. Release him from the spell first. I want to hear his screams. Several drow moved over to put the tips of their swords at Belwar's neck as the high priestess released her magical hold. Belwar made no moves. The appointed drow warrior grasped his sword in both hands, and Belwar, brave Belwar, held his arms straight out and motionless in front of him. Drizzt averted his gaze, unable to watch and awaiting, fearing the gnome's cry. Belwar noted Drizzt's reaction. Was it compassion? The draw warrior then swung his sword. Belwar never took a stare off Drizzt as the sword cut across his wrists lighting a million fires of agony in his arms. Neither did Belwar scream. He wouldn't give Dinan the satisfaction. The gnome leader looked back to Drizzt one final time as two drow fighters ushered him out of the chamber, and he recognized his true anguish and the apology behind the young drow's feigned impassive facade. Even as Belwar was leaving, the dark elves who had chased off after the fleeing gnomes returned from the other tunnel. We could not catch them in these tiny passageways, one of them complained. Damn, Dinan growled. Sending a handless gnome victim back to Blingdenstone was one thing, but letting healthy members of the gnome expedition escape was quite another. I want them caught! Guinevere can catch them, Massage proclaimed. Then he called the cat to his side, and I drizzed all the while. Drizzt's heart raced as the wizard patted the great cat. Come, my pet, he said. There's a hunting left to be done. The wizard watched Drizzt squirm at the words, knowing that Drizzt did not approve of Guinevere engaging in such tactics. 
They are gone, Drizzt asked Tinan, his voice on the edge of desperation. Running all the way back to Blingdenstone, Dinan replied calmly, if we let them. And will they return? Dinan's sour scowl reflected the absurdity of his brother's question. Would you? Our task is complete, then, Drizzt reasoned, trying vainly to find some way out of Massage's ignoble designs for the panther. We have won the day, Dinan agreed, though our losses have been great. We may find still more fun with the help of the wizard's pet. Fun, Massage echoed pointedly at Drizzt. Be gone, Guinevar, into the tunnels. Let us learn how fast a frightened gnome may run. Only a few minutes later, Guinevar came back into the chamber, dragging a dead gnome in its mouth. Return, Massage commanded Guinevar, dropping the body at his feet. Bring me more. Drizzt's heart dropped to the sound of the corpse flopping to the stone floor. He looked into Guinevar's eyes and saw a sadness as profound as his own. The panther was a hunter, as honorable in its own way as was Drizzt. To the evil massage, though, Guinevar was a toy and nothing more, an instrument for his perverted pleasures, killing for no reason other than its master's joy of killing. In the hands of the wizard, Guinevar was no more than a murderer. Guinevar paused at the entrance to the small tunnel and looked at Drizzt almost apologetically. Return, Massage screamed, and he kicked the cat in the rear. Then Massage, too, turned an eye back on Drizzt, a vindictive eye. Massage had missed his chance to kill the young Dorden. He would have to be careful now how he explained such a mistake to his unforgiving mother. Massage decided to worry about that unpleasant encounter later. For now, at least... He had the satisfaction of watching Drizzt suffer. Dinan and the others were oblivious to the unfolding drama between Massage and Drizzt, to engage in their wait for Guinevar's return, to engage in their speculations of the expressions of terror the gnomes would cast back at such a perfect killer, too caught up in the macabre humor of the moment that perverted drow humor that brought laughter when tears were needed. Part 5. Zaknafian. Zaknafian Durin, mentor, teacher, friend. I, in the blind agony of my own frustrations, more than once came to recognize Zaknafian as none of these. Did I ask of him more than he could give? Did I expect perfection of a tormented soul? Hold Zaknafian up to standards beyond his experiences, or standards impossible in the face of his experiences? I might have been him. I might have lived, trapped within the helpless rage, buried under the daily assault of the wickedness that is Menzel Branson, and the pervading evil that is my own family, never in life to find escape. It seems a logical assumption that we learn from the mistakes of our elders. This, I believe, was my salvation. Without the example of Zagnafian, I too would have found no escape not in life. In this course I have chosen a better way than the life Zagnafia knew. I, I think, yes, th though I find despair often enough sometimes too long for that other way, it would have been easier. Truth, though, is nothing in the face of self-falsehood, and principles are no of no value if the idealist cannot live up to his own standards. This, then, is a better way. I live with many laments, for my people, for myself, but mostly for that weapon master, lost to me now, 
who showed me how and why to use a blade. There is no pain greater than this, not the cut of a jagged-edged dagger, nor the fire of a dragon's breath. Nothing burns in your heart like the emptiness of losing something, someone, before you truly have learned of its value. Often now I lift my cup at a futile toast, an apology to ears that cannot hear. To Zack, the one who inspired my courage. Driz Dorden. Chapter 24, To Know Our Enemies. Eight dead drow and one a cleric, Brisa said to Matron Malice on the balcony of House Dorden. Brisa had rushed back to the compound with her first reports of the encounter, leaving her sisters at the central plaza of Menzel Branzen with the gathered throng, awaiting further information. But nearly two score of the gnomes died, a clear victory. What have your brothers? Malice asked. How did House Dorden fare in this encounter? As with the surface elves, Dinan's hand slew five, replied Brisa. They say that he led the main assault fearlessly, and he killed the most gnomes. Matron Malice beamed with the news, though she suspected that Brisa, standing patiently behind a smug smile, was holding something dramatic back from her. What a drizzt, the matron demanded, having no patience for her daughter's games. How many Svef Nebli fell at his feet? None, Brisa replied, but still the smile rep remained. Still the day belonged to Drizzt, she added quickly, seeing an angry scowl spreading across her volatile mother's face. Malice did not seem amused. Drizzt defeated an earth elemental, Brisa cried, all alone, almost, with only minor help from a wizard. The high priestess of the patrol named the kill his. Matron Malice gasped and turned away. Drizzt had ever been an enigma to her, as fine with the blade as any, but lacking the proper attitude and the proper respect. Now this, an earth elemental? Malice herself had seen such a monster. Ravage an entire drow raiding party, killing a dozen seasoned warriors before wandering off on its way. Yet her son, her confusing son, had defeated one single-handedly. Lawful favor us this day, Brisa commented, not quite understanding her mother's reaction. Brisa's words struck an idea in malice. Gather your sisters, she commanded. We shall meet in the chapel. If House Dorden so fully won the day out of the tunnels, perhaps the Spider Queen will grace us with some information. Maya. Await the forthcoming news in the city plaza, Brisa explained, mistakenly believing her mother to be referring to information about the battle. Surely we will know the entire story within an hour. I care nothing for a battle against gnomes, Malice scolded. You have told everything that is important to our family. The rest does not matter. We must parlay your brother's heroics and to gain. To learn of our enemies, Brisa blurted as she realized what her mother had in mind. Exactly, replied Malice, to learn which house it is that threatens House Dorden. If the Spider Queen truly finds favor with us this day, she may grace us with the knowledge we need to defeat our enemies. A short while later, the four high priestesses of House Dorden gathered around the spider idol in the chapel anteroom.
Before them, in a bowl of the deepest onyx, burned the sacred incense, sweet, death-like, and favored by the Yoklo, the handmaidens of Loth. The flame moved through a variety of colors, ranging from orange to green to brilliant red. It then took shape, heard the beckons of the four priestesses and the urgency in the voice of Matron Malice. The top of the fire, no longer dancing, smooth and rounded, assumed the form of a hairless head, then stretched upward, growing. The flame disappeared, consuming by the consumed by the Yoklo's image, a half-melted pile of wax with grotesquely elongated eyes and a drooping mouth. Who has summoned me? The small figure demanded telepathically. The Yoklo's thoughts too powerful for its diminutive stature, boomed within the heads of the gathered drow. "'Have a handmaiden,' Malice replied aloud, wanting her daughters to hear. The matron bowed her head. "'I am Malice, loyal servant of the Spider Queen.' In a puff of smoke, the Yoklo disappeared, leaving only glowing incense embers in the onyx bowl. A moment later, the handmaiden reappeared, full-sized, Standing behind Matron Malice, Breeza, Vianna, and Ma Maya held their breath as the being laid two sickly tentacles on her mother's shoulders. Matron Malice accepted the tentacles without reply, confident in her cause for summoning the Yoklo. Explain to me why you dare to disturb me, came the Yoklo's insidious thoughts. To ask a simple question. Malice replied silently, for no words were necessary to communicate with the handmaiden. One whose answer you know. Does this question interest you so greatly? The Yorklaw asked. You risk such dire consequences. It is of imperative that I learn the answer, replied Matron Malice. The three daughters watched curiously, hearing the Yorklaw's thoughts, but only guessing at their mother's unspoken replies. If the answer is so important, it is known to the handmaidens, and thus to the spider queen. Do you not believe that Loth would have given it to you if she so chose? Perhaps for this, before this day the spider queen did not deem me worthy to know, Malice responded. Things have changed. The handmaiden paused and rolled its elongated eyes back into its head as if communicating with some distant plane. Greetings, Matron Malastorn, the Yorkel said out aloud after a few tense moments. The creature's spoken voice was calm and overly smooth. The thing's grotesque appearance. My greetings to you and to your mistress, Queen of Spiders, replied Malice. She shot a wry smile at her daughters and still didn't turn to face the creature behind her. Apparently, Malice's guess of Loth's favor had been correct. Damn Nashes Bernon has pleased Loth, the handmaiden said. The males of your house have won the day, even above the females that journeyed with them. I must accept Major Malastorn's summons. The tentacle slid off Malice's shoulders, and the Yoklo stood rigid behind her, awaiting her commands. Glad I am to please the Spider Queen, Malice began. 
she sought the proper way to phrase a question. For the summons, as I have said, I beg only the answer to a simple question. Ask it, prompted the yokel, and the mocking tone told Malice and her daughters that the monster already knew the question. My house is threatened, say the rumors, Malice said. Rumors, the yokel laughed. <sighs> an evil grating sound. I trust in my sources, Malice replied defensively. I would not have called upon you if I did not believe the threat. Continue, the Yakla amused by the whole affair. They are more than rumors, Matron Malice Dorden. Another house plans war upon you. Maya's immature gasp brought scornful eyes upon her from her mother and her sisters. Name this house to me, Malice pleaded. If Diamond has Bernan truly has pleased as by the queen this day, then I bid Loth to reveal our enemies that we might destroy them. And if the other house has also pleased the spider queen, the handmaiden mused, would Loth then betray it to you? Our enemies hold every advantage, Malice protested. They know of House Dorden. No doubt they watch us every day, laying the plans. We ask Loth only to give us knowledge equal to that of our enemies. Reveal them, and let us prove which house is more worthy of victory. What is your enemies are greater than you? asked the handmaiden. What matron Malice Dorden then call upon Loth to intervene and save her pitiful house? No, cried Malice. We would call upon those powers that Loth has given us to fight our foes. Even if our enemies are the more powerful, let Loth be assured that they will suffer great pain for their attack on House Dorden. Again the handmaiden sank, sank back within itself, finding the link to its home plane, a place darker than Menzel Branson. Malice clenched tightly to Brees's hand, to her right, and Vienna's to her left. They in turn passed along the confirmation of their bond to Maya at the foot of the circle. The Spider Queen is pleased, Matron Malice Dorn, the handmaiden said at length. Trust that she will favor House Dorn. More than your enemies when battle rings out. Perhaps. Malice flinched at the ambiguity of that final word, grudgingly accepting that Loth never made any promises at any time. What is my question? Malice dared to protest. The reason for the summons. There came a bright flash that stole before Cleric's vision, then their eyesight returned to them. They saw the Yoklo, tiny again and glaring out at them from the flames in the onyx bowl. The Spider Queen does not give an answer that is already known, the handmaiden proclaimed, in sheer power of its otherworldly voice cutting into the drow ears. The fire erupted in another blinding flash, and the Yoklo disappeared, leaving the precious bowl sundered into a dozen pieces. Major Malice grabbed a large piece of the shattered onyx and threw it against the wall. Already known? she cried in rage. Known to whom? Who in my family keeps this secret from me? Perhaps the one who knows does not know that she knows, Brisa put in, trying to calm her mother.
Perhaps the information is newly found, and she's not yet had the chance to come to it, you with it. She, growled Major Malice. What she do you speak of, Brisa? We are all here. Are any of my daughters stupid enough to miss such an obvious threat to our family? No, Matron Vienna and Maya cried together, terrified of Malice's growing wrath rising beyond control. Never have I even seen a sign, said Vienna. Nor I, Maya added. By your side I have been given these many weeks, and I have seen no more than you. Are you implying that I have missed something? Malice growled, her knuckles white at her sides. No, Matron, Brisa shouted above the commotion, loud enough to settle her mother for the moment, and turn Malice's attention fully upon her eldest daughter. Not she, then, Brisa reasoned. reasoned. He? One of our sons may have the answer. You'll Ozak Vafian or Risen, perhaps. Yes, agreed Vienna. They are only males, too stupid to understand the importance of minor details. Just and didn't have been out of the house, added Brisa. Out of the city, in the patrol group, are children of every powerful house, every house that would dare to threaten us. The fires in Malice's eyes glowed, but she relaxed at the reasoning. Bring them to me when they return to Menzel Branson, she instructed Vienna and Maya. You, she said to Brisa, bring resonance at Nafin. All the family must be present so that we may learn what we may learn. The cousins and the soldiers, too, asked Brisa. Perhaps one beyond the immediate family knows the answer. Should we bring them together as well? offered Vierna. Her voice edged with the rising excitement of the moment. A gathering of the whole clan? A, a general war party of House Dorden? No, Malice replied. Not the soldiers or the cousins. I do not believe that they are involved in this. The handmen would have told us answer if one of my direct family did not know it. Perhaps it is my embarrassment to ask a question whose answer should be known to me, whose answer someone within the circle of my family knows. She gritted her teeth as she spat out the rest of her thoughts. I do not enjoy being embarrassed. Drizden Dinan came into the house a short while later, exhausted and glad the adventure was over. They had barely passed the entrance and turned down the wide corridor that led to their rooms when they bumped into Zach Naffing coming the other way. So the hero has returned, Zach re remarked, eyeing Driz directly. Driz did not miss the sarcasm in his voice. We've completed our job successfully, Tinan shot back, more than a little perturbed at the being excluded from Zack's greeting. I led, I know of the battle, Zack assured him. It has been endlessly and recounted throughout this city. Now leave us, elder boy, I have unfinished business with your brother. I leave when I choose to leave, Tinan growled. Zack snapped a glare upon him. I wish to speak to Drizzt, only to Drizzt, so leave. Denon's hand went to his sword hilt. Not a smart move. Before he even removed the weapon hilt an inch from the scabbard, Zack had slapped him twice in the face with one hand. The other had somehow produced a dagger and put its tip at Denon's throat. Drizzt watched in amazement, certain that Zack would kill Denon if this continued. Leave, Zack said again. On your life. Denon threw his hands up and slowly backed away. 
Major Malice will hear of this, he warned. I will tell her myself, Zack laughed at him. Do you think she will trouble herself on your behalf, fool? As far as Malice knows, cares, the family males determine their own hierarchy. Go away, elder boy. Come back when you have found the courage to challenge me. Come with me, brother, Dinan said to Drizzt. We have business, Zack reminded Drizzt. Drizzt looked to both of them once and back again, stunned by their open willingness to kill each other. I will stay, he decided. I do indeed have unfinished business with the weapon master. As you choose, hero, Dinan spat and he turned on his heel and stormed away. You have made an enemy, Drizzt remarked to Zack. I have made many, Zack laughed, and I will make many more before my day ends. But no mind. Your actions have inspired jealousy in your brother, your older brother. You are the one who should be wary. He hates you openly, reasoned Drizzt. But would gain nothing from my death, Zack replied. I am no threat to Denon, but you. Let the word hang in the air. Why would I threaten him? Drizzt protested. Denon has done nothing I desire. He has power. Zack explained. He is the elder boy now, but was not always. He killed Nathia and I, my, the brother I never met. You know of this, said Zack. Babs didn't suspect that another second boy will follow the same course he took to become the elder boy of House Dorden. Enough, Triz growled, tired of the whole stupid system of ascension. How well you know it, Zack Nathian, he thought. How many d did you murder to attain your position? An earth elemental, Zack said, blowing a low whistle with the words. It is a powerful foe that you defeated this day. He bowed low, showing Drizzt mockery beyond any doubt. What is next for the young hero? A daemon, perhaps? A demigod? Surely there is nothing that can... Never have I heard such senseless words stream from your mouth, Drizzt retorted. Now it was time for some sarcasm of his own. It is... Is it that I have inspired jealousy in an un... In another besides my brother? Jealousy? Zack cried. Wipe your nose, sniveling little boy. A dozen earth elementals have fallen to my blade. Daemons, too. Do not overestimate your deeds or your abilities. You are one warrior among a race of warriors. To forget that surely will prove fatal. He ended the line with pointed emphasis, almost a sneer, and Driz began to consider again just how real their appointed practice in the gym would become. I know my abilities, Driz replied, and my limitations. I have learned to survive. As have I, Zack shot back, for many centuries. The gym awaits, Driz said calmly. Your mother awaits, Zack corrected. She bids us all to the chapel. They're not, though, though. There will be time for us for our meeting. Drizzt walked past Zack without another word, suspecting that his and Zack's blades would finish the conversation for them. What had become of Zack Nafian? Drizzt wondered, with, was this the same teacher who had trained him those years before the academy? Drizzt could not sort through his feelings. He Was he seeing Zack differently because of the things he had learned of Zack's exploits? Or was there truly something different, something harder about the weapon master's demeanor since Triz had returned from the academy. The sound of a whip brought Triz from his contemplations. I am your patron, he heard Risen say. That's of no consequence, retorted a female voice, the voice of Brisa. 
Drew slipped to the corner of the next intersection and peeked around. Brisa and Risen faced off, Brisen unarmed, but Brisa holding her snake-headed whip. Patron, Brisa laughed, a meaningless title. You are a male lending your seed to the matron in no more importance. Four have I sired, Risen said indignantly. Three, Brisa corrected, snapping the whip to accentuate the point. Vienna is that Nathian's not yours. Nathian is dead, leaving only two. One of those is female and above you. Only Dinan is truly under your rank. And sank back against the wall and looked behind him to the empty corridor he had just walked. He had always suspected that Risen was not his true father. The male had never paid him any mind, had never scolded him or praised him or offered him any advice or training. To hear Brisa say it, though, and Risen not deny it. Risen fumbled about for some retort to Brisa's stinging words. Does Matron Malice know of your desires? He snarled. Does she know that her eldest daughter seeks her title? Every eldest daughter seeks the title of matron mother, Brisa laughed at him. Matron Malice would be a fool to suspect otherwise. I assure you that she is not, nor am I. I will gain the title from her when she is weak with age. She knows and accepts this fact. You admit that you will kill her. If not I, then Vienna. If not Vienna, then Maya. It is our way, stupid male. It is the word of love. Rage burned in Driz as he heard the evil proclamations, but he remained silent in the corner. Brisa will not wait for age to steal her mother's power, Risen snarled. Not when a dagger will expedite the transfer. Brisa hungers for the throne of the house. Risen's next words came out as an indecipherable scream as the six-headed whip went to work again and again. Driss wanted to intervene, to rush out and cut them both down, but, of course, he could not. Brisa acted now as she had been taught followed the words of the Spider Queen in asserting her dominance over Risen. She wouldn't kill him, Driz knew. But what if Brisa got carried away in the frenzy? What if she did kill Risen? In the empty void that was beginning to grow in his heart, Driz wondered if he even cared. You let him escape, Matron Senefe roared at her son. You will learn not to disappoint me. No, my matron, Massage protested. I hit him squarely with a lightning bolt. He never suspected the blow to be aimed at him. I could not finish the deed. The monster had me caught in the gate to its own plane. Santa Fe bit her lip, forced to accept her son's reasoning. She knew that she had given Massage a difficult mission. Drizzt was a powerful foe, and to kill him without leaving an obvious trail would not be easy. I will get him, Massage promised determination showing on his face. I have the weapon ready, Drizzt. We'll be dead before the tenth cycle as you commanded. Why should I grant you another chance? Sanofe asked him. Why should I believe that you will fare better the next time you try? Because I want him dead, Massage cried. More than even you, my matron. I want to tear the life from Drizzt Orden. When he is dead, I want to rip out his heart and display it as a trophy. Sinefe could not deny her son's obsession. Granted, she said, get him, Massage Hunnett. On your life, strike the first blow against House Dorden and kill its second boy. Massage bowed, the grimace never leaving his face, and swept out of the room. You heard everything, Sinefe signaled when the door had closed behind her son. 
She knew that Massage might well have his ear to the door, and she did not want him to know of this conversation. I did, Elton replied in the silent code, stepping out from behind a curtain. Do you concur with my decision? Sinefe's hands asked. Elton was at a loss. He had no choice but to abide by his major mother's decisions. But he did not think that Sinefe had been wise in sending Massage back out after Drizzt. His silence grew long. Do you not approve? Matron Sinefe bluntly motioned. Please, Matron Mother, Alton replied quickly, I would not. You are forgiven, Sinefe assured him. I am not so certain that I should have allowed Massage a second opportunity. Too much could go wrong. Then why, Alton dared to ask, you did not grant me a second chance, though I desired Trisdorn's death as fiercely as any. Sonify cast him a scornful glare, sending him back on his courageous heels. You doubt my judgment? No, Alton cried aloud. He slapped a hand over his mouth and dropped to his knees in terror. Never, my matron, he signaled silently. I just do not understand the problem as clearly as you. Forgive my ignorance. Sonify's laughter sounded like the hiss of a hundred angry snakes. We see together in this matter, she assured Alton. I would no more give Massage a second chance than I gave you. But, Alton started to protest, Massage will go back after Driz, but this time he will not be alone, Sanifai explained. You will follow him, Alton Devere. Keep him safe and finish the deed on your life. Alton beamed at the news that he would finally find some taste of vengeance. Sonify's threat, final threat didn't even concern him. Could it ever be any other way? His hands asked casually. Malice growled, her face close, her breath hot on Drizzt's face. You know nothing? Excuse me. You know something? Drizzt lumped back from the overpowering figure and glanced nervously around at his gathered family. Dinan, similarly grilled just a moment ago, kneeled with his chin in hand. He tried vainly to come up with an answer before Malice, Matron Malice upped the level of the interrogation techniques. Dinan did not miss Brees's motions toward a snake whip, and the unnerving sight did little to aid his memory. Malice slapped Drizzt hard across the face and stepped away. If one of you has learned the identity of our enemies, she slapped, snapped at her sons. Out there, on patrol, one of you has seen some hint, some sign. Perhaps we saw it, but did not know it for what it was, Dinan offered. Silence! Malice screamed, her face bright with rage. When you know the answer to my question, you may speak. Only then, she turned to Brisa, how didn't find his memory? Dinan dropped his head to his arms, folded on the floor in front of him, and arched his back to accept the torture, to do otherwise would only enrage Matron Malice more. Driz closed his eyes and recounted the events of the many patrols. He jerked involuntarily when he heard those snake whips crack and his brother's soft groan. Massage, Driz whispered, almost unconsciously. He looked up at his mother, who held her hand out to halt Brees's attacks, to Brees's dismay. Massage Hunet, Drizzt said loudly, and the fight against the gnomes, he tried to kill me. 
All the family, particularly Malice and Dinan, leaned forward toward Drizzt, hanging on his every word. When I battled the elemental, Drizzt explained, spitting out the last word as a curse upon Zagnafian, he cast an angry glare at the weapon master and continued, Massage her nut had struck me down with a lightning bolt. He may have been shooting for the monster, Vienna insisted. Massage insisted that it was he who killed the elemental, but the high priestess of the patrol denied his claim. My soldiers waited, Drizzt replied. He did nothing until I began to gain the advantage over the monster. He then loosed his magic as much at me as the elemental. I think he hoped to destroy us both. How sonnet, Matron Malice whispered. Faith house, Brisa remarked, under Matron Sanafe. So that is our enemy, said Malice. Perhaps not, Dinan said, wondering, even as he spoke the words, why he hadn't left well enough alone to disprove the theory only invited more whipping. Major Mallet did not like his hesitation as he reconsidered the argument. Explain, she commanded. Massage Honnet was angry at being excluded from the first rage, said Dinan. We left him in the city only to witness our triumphant return. Dinan fixed his eyes straight on his brother. Massage has never been jealous of Drizzt, and all has ever been jealous of Drizzt, and all the glories that my brother has found. Mm -hmm. Rightly or wrongly, many are jealous of Drizzt and would see him dead. Drizzt shifted uncomfortably in his seat, knowing the last words would be an open threat. He glanced over to Zagnafian and mocked the weapon master's smug smile. Are you certain of your words? Malice said to Drizzt, shaking him from his private thoughts. There is the cat, Dinan interrupted. Massage Hunnette's magical pet, though it holds closer to Drizzt's side than to the wizard's. Quenavar walks the point beside me, Drizzt protested, a position that you ordered. Massage does not like it, Dinan retorted. Perhaps that is why you put the cat there, Drizzt thought, but he kept the words to himself. Was he seeing conspiracies conspiracies and coincidence, or was his words so truly filled with devious schemes and silent struggles for power? Are you certain of your words, Malice asked Drizzt, again pulling him from his pondering. Massage Hunnette tried to kill me, he asserted. I did not know his reasons, but his intent I do not doubt. How's Hunnette, then, Brisa remarked, a mighty foe. We must learn of them, Malice said. Dispatch the scouts. I will know the count of House Hunnette's soldiers, its wizards, and particularly its clerics. If we are wrong, Dinan said, if House Hunnette is not the conspiring house, we are not wrong, Malice screamed at him. The Yorkler said that one of us knows the identity of our enemy, reasoned Vienna. All we have is Driz's tale of massage. Unless you are hiding something, Major Malice growled at Dinan, a threat so cold and wicked that it stole the blood from the elder boy's face. Dinan shook his head emphatically and slumped back, having nothing more to add to the conversation. Prepare a communion, Malice said to Brisa. Let us learn of Major Senefe's standing with the Spider Queen. Driz watched incredulously as the preparations began a frantic, at a frantic pace. Each command from Matron Malice followed a practiced defensive course. It wasn't the precision of Driz's family's battle planning that amazed him. He would expect nothing less from the group. It was the eager gleam in every eye. And that is the end of our last episode. Not the last episode, but of this episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening in. Please let me know how you feel on Facebook.
on any of the notes in any of the ways in which you're listening to the podcast. Thank you very much. Have a great day. Until next time.